Hey, coaches, welcome to Championship Culture. Got a great guest with us today, Coach Chris Metzger, uh, who I've known now for probably 10 years. And I, and I always tell this story. I, I have come and visited Chris uh, probably five or six times over the years. And every single time, the topic has always been some form of culture, even though now he makes fun. We run completely different offenses, but we run identical defenses. And we've never talked X's and O's once. It's always about some type of culture because I believe Chris is, has been a real trailblazer in, in the realm of culture in the state of North Carolina. He came from Florida, but, uh, you know, Chris, I've watched your, uh, your YouTube. Uh, someone used to put the YouTube videos up of you addressing your team on your, I think it was your boot camp that you were doing. And it was always, uh, I, I tell people, you uh, you know, you are what PJ Fleck wants to be when he grows up because you are a tremendous motivator, a great FCA coach, and uh, and excited to talk to you and, and, and run you through these five questions today. Uh, so thank you so much for being on the, on the uh, program with us. And I'm going to start out with, uh, and this thing was harder. I, I did this myself. I answered these questions myself the other day, and they were a little bit hard to uh, kind of tie down. But the first one is give a one-minute elevator introduction of yourself. Well, the first and foremost is I'm the most blessed man on earth to do something I love. My daughter, it's 22, gave me this plaque when she was in the third grade. If you do what you love, you've never worked a day in your life. And as I come into my 29th year of ministry and education, I just feel more blessed than ever because amidst all the, the, the challenging times in our country, football and, and really Pinecrest High School community and football is, is kind of the, 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 the center point from a standpoint of black, white, purple, big, small, whatever. So when we come back, our football family really will galvanize our community amidst everything going on. And just, you know, Joe, I appreciate the, the introduction, but just blessed to have been, had the opportunity to meet people like yourself and just share, steal, whatever you want to call it, ideas to help young men become champions in a game of life. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. You know, it's about creating champions in a game of life. And it really comes down to four, kind of the wheels on the bus, the four pillars. And for us, it, it's love one another. You know, it's love, effort, focus, trust. They got to trust the process. They got to trust the things we ask them to do. Effort is something that they're completely in, in charge of. And, and having laser focus, we're blessed to be around Fort Bragg and constantly like you asking questions of people that are elite 1% kind of people. And just uh, getting our guys to have that laser focus. And it might be fourth and go, but more importantly, have laser focus in life. So just blessed to, you know, have a great athletic director and just great community support and a bunch of coaches, a lot of which played here in the early years that have seen the program grow. And, and really, it's just an honor and a blessing to be here with you today. That was about 55 seconds. That was perfect, man. That was perfect. <laughs> Uh, and I, I, I tell you, I, I've just this, the, I've got a young staff this year and we've got a bunch of guys who played for, for Hopton. And I tell you what, it does make a difference having those guys. They, it means more to them. All right. Uh, question number two is what is your working definition of culture? How do you define culture? It's what you're all about in good times and bad. It's what the people in your program will say, what, what is your program all about? And at the end of the day, you don't have to talk about it. I met with our basketball coach, Ben Snyder, 
phenomenal brother in Christ. I call him the Christian Bobby Knight, not against Coach Knight. But at the end of the day, you don't have to talk about it. you got to be about it. It's the actions, words, and people that are in your program. And everybody's got a team. We like to say we have a program, and we don't mean that in a cocky way, but a program encompasses everything. Aunts, uncles, relatives, uh, everybody that touches it. So, you know, the, the culture really comes down to that. It's what you're about. And, you know, you can hang your hat on champions in a game of life. You can hang your hat on the four pillars. And really, you can see a culture in good times and bad. Everybody's got a great culture when you when things are great. But how is your culture when things aren't great? I, I was blessed to, you're a big podcast guy, listening to John Gordon this morning and, and talking about the, the, the true grit is shown when things are tough. So, so that's what it comes down to for us. Because if you look at Webster's uh, definition of culture, I mean, it's really come scientifically. And we all use a little bit of science in what we do. But for us, that's what it comes down to. That's awesome. Number three, and this is where this is the big one. So uh, number three, what are the three best things you do to build culture in your program? One of the first things that we do is we do a circle of affirmation and when you get in that circle we do it a, a ton of different ways we'll take the seniors and put them on the inside and then everybody else on the outside and it takes a little bit you got to be patient and that's something that's tough because we all have some form of ADD and we want to be up tempo and get going and get productive but at the end of the day when those young men look each other in the eyes and tell them and affirm them you know thank you it might be thank you i you know thank you for giving me rides it might be thank you for always modeling the four pillars it may be thank you when my mom died and coach said let's 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 pray for so and so that you came up and asked me if i was okay and, and during the course of that you know that's when young men become men because they learn the value of looking somebody in the eyes, having a firm handshake, and sharing. Because so many times, Coach, we miss, we're miss we misled. And the more research we've done at Fort Bragg with the highest level one percenters, it comes down to love. It comes down to attention to detail and social things. But if I love you, I'm going to go the extra mile. I'm going to show true character, which is what you do when no one's watching. So that circle affirmation is great. Then we do the flip side. Then we have the seniors go around and tell the, the, the rest of the team, you know, what that, you know, affirm each other. And this is the other thing. You know, it, it, this isn't manby-pamby stuff. If guys don't have a lot to say to you, you know, the old man in the mirror, not that, you know, Michael Jackson was a really talented guy, but if you look at the words of the song, Man in the Mirror, if people don't have a lot to say to me, then I look in the mirror and what can I do to make a change in myself? So we found that the circle of trust has been huge. Circle of affirmation. How, uh, how often, when, and how often do you do that? That is, that is done uh, in season probably two or three times because you don't want to do it too much, Coach, because then it gets me too redundant. And it's done in the off season because one of the things we try to do in the off season, we have a passing of the torch the Monday after the playoffs, which we would hope and pray it might be December, it might be November, whenever it is, we have a passing of the torch where the seniors get up and address, we call them graduates, address the rest of the team. Then we move up 
the uh, juniors and we call them rising seniors. So we do it second semester as well. And that kind of leads into our next activity we do, which is a senior hot seat. I don't know if you remember years ago on ESPN, they did the, uh, the it was Jim Rome, I think was the guy's name. He was kind of a controversial guy and he would, the hot seat. Well, we kind of took a play off that, but it's the senior hot seat. And our rising seniors, we do it different days, we'll get up and they'll tell their life story. You know, where they were born, where they've been, uh, talk about their sibling, talk about their parents, uh, talk about the, the, the biggest adversity they face in their life, talk about some of their, their joy moments. And then they'll talk about the program. And, you know, it's tough for kids today between Twitter and everything else. They don't have to do a lot of communication. And so they get up there and they got to communicate. And, you know, we ask them, you know, you got to speak loud and kind of preface it ahead of time. Something's popped up on my computer. Well, then when they're done speaking, the rest of the team can ask them a question. They can ask them questions. And during that time, you know, you, you learn a lot of things. We had a cornerback that was full scholarship guy that almost quit after sophomore year. He started varsity because his grandma died and he just thought things were, were tough. And during the course of the uh, circle of affirmation, he realized how special he was to his teammates, not because of his ability, but because of his character and, and the way he loved them. And he talked about that during the senior high season. Well, nobody would have known that had we not done that. And we feel like it, that serves three things. A, get, kids get to know each other. B, it gets the seniors to understand that it's their program. We're the train conductors. You know, we're the train conductors. If we have to lead every little thing, then we're not creating leaders. We're really not creating champions in a game of life. And the third aspect, they need to learn. They learn to get up in front of people and share. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's really big. And that ties right into our servant leadership. We have a one-word theme every year. And our theme was serve, you know, last year. But servant leadership is going to last a lifetime. That's the greatest form of servant leadership. So it kind of puts pressure on them to understand whether they're a starter, a guy that's having to be second string, third string. They're a leader. Because sometimes we, we, we think that you can only create leaders and you only have good culture if your leaders are your best players. But we feel differently. We try to find, let everybody know their value. So that's the second thing, the senior hot seat. Uh, and we found a lot of value in that and, and getting the guys to know each other. Because coach, and we'll talk about this later, if they run up the heel change and all we do is lift, run, do some drills, compete, and they're not getting closer, they might be getting better physically. But you and I both know that the, the mental aspect, that team building, the love, effort, folks, trust, and just bonding together it is big. And the last thing, and, and you know, I had to really pray on this and think about it. We started this several years ago. We've been competing for years. You know what I mean? They get competition teams second semester. You know, we're blessed to have large numbers. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we help them lift, help them run, and fourth block, we flop them. Well, Tuesday, Thursdays, they compete. And, and there's several things that by doing competition teams, by picking teams, it's getting kids to show leadership. You know what I mean? Because they got to pick teams. And when you start doing that, whether you're playing kickball, tug of war, whatever, kids aren't used to doing that because we are so blessed in our country. Everything's so organized. Well, they never had to go in the front yard and pick teams. And, you know, if you're the last guy picked, once again, you look in the mirror. You know, we're not trying everybody's value, but it kind of makes you to do some self-reflection. 
So they pick their teams. Well, it would be easy to just go out there and compete. We spend time, okay, let's get to know each other in the team. Okay, so they go around, talk amongst each other, tell their stories in the team. Okay, then they pick a name. And it, this is all done, and it's not in a hurry. And we, boy, you know, sometimes we can look at the watch, but if they're being productive, let them roll. Let them roll. Okay, let the seniors lead. And that's every senior. You might be, there's 12 teams, might be, like this year, we're going to have 42 seniors. Okay, so you got several leaders on the team, and there's guys that, quite honestly, they know. They're probably not going to play much, but boy, they, they add value. They're getting to know. They can have leadership, whether it's giving rides, whether it's encouraging, checking grades. They pick their name. Then they have to come up with a mission statement, and we videotape it. And, and that's been real powerful because it's not, you know, a redundant thing. Why did you pick that name and give us just a short three to four sentence statement? And, and, and within that statement, they talk about the short-term and mid-term and long-term goals for the season, for the program, for the work. So we found that to be meaningful. Then when you go out and compete, you know, uh, we've all got clipboards. They've got six stations. And we're looking for the perfect Patriot each day. So Joe Salas is an overachiever, an overbeliever. He, 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 you check every box on Joe. Well, it's probably going to be tough for Joe to be the perfect patron because each coach at that station is looking for a guy that goes above and beyond. He's competing. He's encouraging. Uh, he's hustling. He's buying into the breakdown before they go station to station. Uh, he doesn't enjoy not being successful, but he's a learner, not a loser. I mean, there's all these little buzzwords, John Gordon, uh, Brian Cott, you know, all those little buzzwords, but we use them. We're not just throwing it out there. Uh, we're looking for BCD. You know, we're trying to focus, and we want to compete. I mean, little they know they got great conditioning, and kind of like Urban Meyer said, one-on-one -on -one tug of war is where you find compelled leaders because you can't look around. So you take a compelled leader, and then you go group tug of war. Who's going to hold that rope? I mean, we all use that. So we feel like the competition teams. And last but not least, we come up with a system for GPA, and, and we had an assistant coach come up with integrity sheets. The kids had to fill them out, and I got a little messed up with the COVID, but that's okay. They had to fill them out. And Joe South is a stud. You can check every box, but he didn't find value in turning that integrity sheet. Well, the team leader has to report the points to the coach, and then he's got to go to Joe. So it's the guys, Joe, come on, man. You know, it's not a coach saying that. That's on you. Because one of the things we found about leadership at the highest level, those one percenters in the military, it's a pyramid. And that's a, oh, God, every, the whole world's a pyramid. You know what I mean? Think about it. There's the leader, and then it goes down. So if you really want to have that strong foundation and you really want to have a strong program, you've got to create those leaders. And it's not what Coach Metzger says. They may sound like you. That's a good thing. You know, if you leave the room and one of your players comes up to address the team, he's going to present it differently. But at the end of the day, between you as the head coach, between your assistants, between your players, do, is the message the same, the values of the message, not the presentation? And we really feel like uh, by doing the competition <coughs> the way we do, it creates that. And it's you and I both know um, there's got to be buy-in. You know, there's got to be buy-in involved in it. And, and 
and the kids can see if somebody's not bought in. And you know, I you know, we're not quite in the world like Coach Meyer, but Coach Meyer uh, talked quite honestly between players and staff, anybody that touched players, if they were buy in, bought in, they got to go. You know, you got to try to transform them, come get them to conform, and all that. But at the end of the day, if somebody's going to be cynical, whether it's a player or coach, you got to you got to love them up, you got to encourage. We're not talking about having a bad moment. We're talking about having bad days all the time. And we really feel like that competition team shows that, and, and it forces the kids to run the show. It's kind of like when they do dynamic warm-up, we're not leading it, they're leading it. And we give the example, and I hope nobody's offended. If if Coach Brown, Coach Sweeney, Coach Dorn, Coach Cutcliffe, Coach Clark, you know, if Coach Houston walked up and watched this dynamic warm-up, what would they think? You know, and, and, and we're constantly trying to put that carrot in front of the kids, and they're all welcome to come anytime and visit. Some of them have at different times, but anyways. So, um, that, that's kind of the three top things we do. Within those three things, Coach, things come from it. From the circle of affirmation, you know, you talk about the seven seeds to successful programs and stuff. You get that connection. You get that communication. You, you get those little things. Within the senior hot seat, you know, you learn you got to be you got to be firm and fair. But, you, you, you know, this is something that back in 1992 when we started with Mike is – you got to know the story of kids before you coach them. So little do they know, we're making notes. And so we kind of know, okay, he's been through a lot. No wonder he's been a little bit not quite as enthusiastic. Well, he's going through a lot. You know, he's got to get his brother and sister ready for school in the morning before he comes to morning workouts. So we, we feel like it all kind of works together. That, that is fantastic. I got questions. Uh... When do you – how big typically are your competition groups? How many kids in each group? Well, we don't have a rising freshman yet. So this year they were like – we had 12 groups of like 10 to 12. I mean, it was really large. And i tell you what, uh, we're very blessed from a number standpoint. Some people – and it's hard. Some people use the C word, cut, which I think is un-American. Not that you – you know – People cut themselves and eliminate themselves. The coaches don't ever throw a young man off the team, and it takes a lot. Their options did it. We don't, you know, that that can that can be twisted a lot of different ways. But it, this year, we we've got right now. If we reported, we'd be at 191. That's counting freshmen through varsity. So typically, this year the teams were like 10 to 12, 12 teams to 10 to 12. And then you you start this thing. In the winter, does it carry all the way through the summer? Yes, sir. Now, when we get in the summer, it becomes more of an attendance thing, and it, it, it becomes more of that. But it's a competition thing, and, and quite honestly, and we probably could have gotten creative. Like this year, the winning team is gonna was going to pick, you know, and we're, we're going to figure out how to get that. But i got to pick the uniform combination for the games this year because the kids have done a great job fundraising uniforms. If it's up to me, we'd still be wearing tearaway jerseys. Gold helmets, nothing on them, but we're very blessed. And the kids got different uniforms. And so we, we try to put a carrot in front of them to, to get them to go above and beyond. And the winning team, when we left, was just a, a bunch of guys that were just doing the little things. Probably not the most talented team, but really those leaders really bought into making sure the guys at the bottom were valued. And quite honestly, they probably weren't guys going to Harvard, you know what I mean? But they kind of got them to elevate, to understand getting your integrity sheet in, getting your grade sheet in, just doing the little things in a classroom would benefit. 
What what's on the integrity sheet? And in integrity, I can run again. Well, integrity sheet is just for the uh, the teachers to sign how they've done on a daily basis. So they're they're checking in, and the integrity sheet comes down to this: we're not checking it. Your team leaders checking it. Are you fudging it? Did you get those teacher initials? Did you, you know, did the teacher say each day you came prepared? Did the teacher say each day you had a positive attitude? So we really, the buy-in here by our faculty is really huge because it's a pretty high academic school. So it was really, the teachers really did a great job with that. Awesome. That, that, that whole thing was fantastic, Coach. That was uh, much more nuts and bolts than, than uh, some guys have done. And that, you just helped a lot of people. I bet a lot of people are going to steal that stuff. We All got right. it from East Tennessee State University, Carl Torbush, but not FCA legend. Michael Cade, they started East Tennessee State University, and, and one of their former GAs worked with us and brought that to us. So we were doing competition, but we kind of, through his ideas, we took it to the next level. Yeah, that's awesome. How how was big on that. How was always a competition guy in the offseason? All right, uh, question four it is a big one, a million-dollar question. What do you know now that you wish you knew when you first got started? X's and L's are important. X's and L's are important. Doing that, you know, the in between the white lines is critical. Don't ever think that for a second that I'm saying it's not. But as I look back at 95-01 at Poolsville, as I look back at Laley, where, you know, I got saved in 01. So I, I used to not coach for an audience of one. I got saved when my 18-year-old, you know, she was almost lost. You know, she almost was aborted uh, because of health issues. Love, love in the players, love in the players, encouragement. Got to work their tails off. Uh, spending time on culture, spending time on team building, bringing in guest speakers. I look back and it was, we got to lift more. We got to run more. We got to practice more. We got to do this more. We can't waste time on that. I'm convinced that it, I mean, why is John Gordon, John Maxwell, Brian Kite, and Kevin Elko, all brothers in Christ, why does their bank account look like it does? Because every organization from the highest level tip of the spear to Southwest Airline to Clemson, culture, culture, you got to love them. You got to love them. You got to encourage them. So I would say the big, and I just jotted this down, more love ever focused trust, more folks on champs in the game of life. And it's kind of like uh, this, this, this kind of wraps it, puts it together. Did a Zoom. So one of our former players from Lely, who I still look at as that young kid that was riding his bike to workouts, played at Youngstown State, was one of the first players to get six years. He got hurt two years. He is now the director for Varsity Christian Outreach in the whole state of uh, Ohio at the college level. And so, you know, FCA athletes and actually, they got to raise their own salaries. Right. So he reached out to me, and long story short, I said, I'm going to pray on it. I'm going to give you a love offering, but you got to get, I, my, I smashed my phone, I lost a lot of numbers. You got to get all those guys from our last year together. And we did a Zoom call. 
and we talked about our program here and a lot of them have followed us on Twitter and kept up. And I told them, I, I said, guys, I apologize. Now, yeah, I was a new Christian and boy, we were, we were doing a lot of good things and FCA helped us. And, but if we just spent a little more time on the culture piece, just a little bit more time, you know, who knows how much more success. And we're talking about guys that are like CEOs of companies, Naval Academy, and they're, all of them are Haitian. Hey, I mean, I mean, unbelievable story. So just to go to one thing, spend more time on culture. X's and O's are important. They really are. Joe, uh, from 95 to 01, buddy, we were running every coverage known to man. I lived down at University of Maryland with Doug Mallard. I lived down there. We were trying everything. Settled news. I'm from Kentucky. My little sister's best friend was Hal Mummy's administrative assistant, Jody Gillespie. We spent time, Nike Coach of the Year Clinic, Chris Hatcher, let's add this, let's add that, let's add this, boom, 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 boom. We're split back beer. Carson Newman, Naples High School. Okay. We're three, four. Call Richard Bailey right now. They're going to play cover three. They're going to play cover four. They're going to try to keep them in front. Okay. All important. Got to teach eye discipline, all those things. But at the end of the day, if those kids know you love them, and if they hear that message, it's not about the fall. The fall's great. We're all praying for it. It's about life, teaching them about life. And, and, and truly, truly in our heart, the kids may not like us every day. They know we love them. And they love us. And they know we want them to be champions in a game of life. So uh, I look back, you know, we got beat in the quarterfinals three out of six years at Poolsville. Had we spent a little more time on some culture, you know, really in inspiring kids. I heard Kevin Elko talk about this. Motivation's like lotion. It rubs off. Inspiration lasts a lifetime. Inspiring the kids and, and allowing them to inspire us as opposed to bam, 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 bam. You know what I mean? So uh, I think that's the biggest thing. And, uh, you know, blessed to have some young coaches. Boy, they are brilliant. Brilliant. And I, I need to have an open mind, you know, hitting the big five zero. But really feel like we, we, we zoned in on, on a nugget with spending time and bringing in speakers and, and, and really not only bringing in speakers to talk about culture, really success, but then when the speaker gets done having the kids, okay, guys, we don't want the speaker to think they just waste your time. What did you get from this? And the kids know we're going to do it. And they know it's kind of like back when you're a social studies teacher. It's easy to call him Joey Salas because he's a straight-A student, Tinker, but they know we're going to call on random people, you know what I mean, and try to get everybody to be on board. So it gets the kids to have that eye contact to pay attention to the guest speaker. They know because they're on the hot seat when that happens. So I think spending more time on that, um, you know, the more we've all had a lot more free time, and just the more podcasts and people that I've listened to, and appreciate you and gosh, Justin Grant and Nettie. I mean, so many great things going on. But the more you listen to people, it's is everybody rowing the boat the same direction. And I mean, all we gotta do is look at the NFL. I mean, Urban Meyer and Brian Kite did a great podcast. How is it that the same teams are successful? They're not getting the top draft choices year in and year out. I mean, over a time period, let's look at the Patriots. Let's look at their top draft choices. 
Let's look at the Steelers back in the day. Let's look at the 49ers. And let's look at the teams. And, uh, you know, everybody's getting three and four-star athletes when you get to the power five highest level. Let's be real. Okay. How is Clemson doing it? And in my opinion, and I'm not preaching, Coach Saban's getting a lot more loving. He's getting a lot more loving. You know, a couple wells to Clemson, and we love Clemson, and Pollard played for us. And But all of a sudden, you're seeing guys loosen Coach Snyder, one of the best ever, Hall of Fame. At the end of his tenure, he was still grinding, kind of like Joe Gibbs. Joe Gibbs, another one, the Redskins. Look at that organization. He was ahead of the curve. He was ahead of he was ahead of his time. So I know I probably went a little long on that, but just could he emphasize that, you know, and and really important. But like we've had we've had probably ten or twelve people. We our first year we were spread eye until we realized we had a little different personnel and we couldn't look like everybody else we were playing to be successful. And we're going into our thirteenth year running split back there. We probably had ten different people come and talk to us about it. But we have been blessed to have people come and talk about, okay, how do you get the numbers? You know, a lot of kids are going to college. It's eating hey, BCS scholarship guys, they're going to get found. But how, you know, a lot of kids are going to college, D2, D3, love of the game. How, 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 how's that development take place? You know, been blessed to have a lot of assistants go to be head coaches. And, uh, you know, and I think it, it's not for everybody. There are some guys, and they're the greatest guys in the world. They don't want to be a part of something from a culture standpoint like that. That's okay. We're not going to judge them. Thank, thank God, you know that. You know we're not we're not going to judge. At least we be judged. So I think that's really critical. And it's amazing. I was a young, dumb head coach at Poolsville with a great staff of guys that will probably be Hall of Fame coaches back in Maryland. And when we get together, we talk about that. If we did this, because everybody's now on the culture train, if we just spent more time on it, and we go to those clinics, the culture talks weren't packed. You go to the clinic now, they're packed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're packed. There's a reason Irving Myers worked with Brian Kite. You know what I mean? There's a reason Devils, you know, so anyways, a little long-winded, my fault. No, that was perfect, man. I, I could listen to you all day. I, I'm so glad I got you on here. Uh, and I I almost, uh, I don't know. I don't know if uh, enough people, I, I know there's a lot more jumping on board, but I, I don't know if everyone's jumping on board yet. There's still some good coaches out there that don't want anything to do with culture, and I leave them alone because I'm glad. You know, I, I want to play those guys that are just, you know, just practice and play guys because I know we got a competitive advantage when we're when we're when we're pushing the culture and and yeah when you know kids fight harder for each other when they love each other and when they love their coaches they just they fight harder and that's uh you know that that's one of the big keys uh last one and man you did fantastic last one i know you're on twitter what what's your uh what's your twitter handle if people want to contact you uh let me see here <laughs> if you're like me you're not sure <laughs> At capital P, capital C, at P, at, at P, Coach Metzger. Okay, and is that the is that the best way you want people to contact you? Yes, sir. Right, or on Twitter or email C Metzger at ncmcs.org or heck, hey, my cell phone's area code two three nine two four eight zero eight zero eight. Love, love, love the, the, the. I'm like you. 
share ideas like boot camp, Converse, Judson High School. Mm -hmm. uh, Love Ever Focus Trust, De La Salle back in the uh, 90s when they went on that string. Uh, you know, competition teams, Naples High School. I mean, it's all, you know, it all kind of comes together. Uh, and, and great coaching is a great fraternity. You share ideas. I mean, I, I got to tell you, we, we are in a really tough conference. I'm talking to the coaches in our conference. I can call any of them at any time. We're going to communicate. Uh, I might pick at them a little bit and try to bait them for some information. But at the end of the day, not, the day they know we're all brothers in Christ. We, we, we really are blessed to have a group of guys that, that coach for an audience of one. And uh, don't mind sharing, like, just little things about what we're going to do with this. You know, we're going to have that meeting on Friday. How are you going to do it? It's not like we're trying to, like, you know, steal ideas. You know, we want to know because everybody wants to elevate everybody. That, that's what it's all about. Awesome, awesome. Uh, and the last one was anything to promote. You do, a, you do a great FCA clinic, a free clinic every year. You've been doing it ever since you've been in North Carolina. And it's always a, a high-level clinic. Uh, any, any uh, You want to talk about that a little bit or you want to talk about anything else you want to promote? Sure. Well, we're really blessed. We believe in the power of servant leadership. And, and while we're serving others, we're getting served a free clinic every year. And uh, we do that at, at the end of January, beginning of February. The date has had to change because we try to be, you know, work with Glacier and everybody else. So that clinic is really a great thing. Uh, we usually have a big air raid tournament, uh, which unfortunately is canceled this summer. And it's free. And we just love, uh, you know, like last year, we, we've had teams – some years would shoot that we, you know, the one year we had the scrimmage uh, for the six teams were in the state championship, including y'all at South Johnson. So we, we, you know, we just love serving people. We're blessed to have a great facility. We love having them here. Uh, those are the two other things. And just really, um, we just love promoting the ministry of high school football. Blessed that I try to play high school football, basketball, baseball, yada, 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 compete, 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 different times. But there's, you know, in, in, in our country, you can you can ask our basketball coach. You look at the years that – you look at any high school, when a football team's having success in the fall, there's less violence, there's less problems at school. It kind of it kind of falls into place. And I just look like, you know, you can look at the years that we've been blessed, and it, it just snowballs. And uh, just really honored to serve this community. If there's ever anything we can do for you. And I'm an open book. I kid it. I won't say his name – but we had a coach in our conference, and I, I was asking myself, I said, come on down, watch us practice. You know, I mean, it's fine. I mean, hey, hey you know what we're going to do. I, you know, maybe you, you might see some things that we should do different, like as far as the way we practice. I don't mind. Uh, but it's we're an open book. We really are. Well, you're one better than me because i that's the only time I've ever said no is a guy in my conference wanted to come watch us practice in the in the playoffs. And I was just afraid that he was going to pick up terminology. I didn't mind him watching it. I told him if he could stay on the other side of the fence, I'd let him watch. But I, I was just afraid he would hear, you know, because we use so much terminology just out loud that uh, that I'd punked out. That's the only time I've ever punked out about letting someone come and uh, and, and watch. Chris, man, uh, fantastic. I, I appreciate you so much. I appreciate, you know, the the the. I, I got two things: the 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 clinic you put on every year. 
that's you know, I know you guys personally get a lot out of it, but you help a lot of people in the state by doing that clinic every year. And that shows, you know, you're putting your money where your mouth is as far as being a servant leader. And then I always, uh, I'm going to brag on you one time and then we're going to be done. Uh, and I've actually come and visited with you on this one topic before, but your kids, and I, and I know, look, you're in a good area. You know, you got a good mix of kids, good mix of talent, and, and uh, there's money in the community and all that. But your kids, it, it always jumps out at me whenever your kids, well, me and you will be talking and one of your kids come up, they always shake hands and look you in the eye and introduce themselves to you. And that has always been, in my book, a reflection on you. And I know, I know the community's good. But that's something you're doing with those kids. And like I said, I just felt like you've been a trailblazer. You were, you were building culture. You were way ahead of the curve on, on building culture and loving kids and, and teaching them for beyond football. And I, and I appreciate what you're doing. You've always been such a good uh, FCA, good Christian guy. And, uh, and I appreciate everything you do. And I appreciate you being on this uh, little show with me today. Brother, thank you so much. It's blessed to uh serve a, a, a God that is so great. Just appreciate you. And, uh, you know, this, uh, if you ever need anything, let me know. And this was really an honor. I was fired up. I was a little nervous, but uh, I, I appreciate it. If it hey, if we got one list or if it touches, it's kind of like going to a clinic. If one person gets anything from it, it's a blessing. So if you got something, we're good. And we got to hang out. <laughs> well, I got a lot. So you did good. I, and I appreciate you, Coach. Thanks, thanks for doing this. Be blessed, brother.